0: What is up? This is the ninth episode of the Lax Factor Lacrosse Podcast college lacrosse is almost upon us vermont's going to travel out west to play first year program utah at six o'clock eastern this friday the game's supposedly going to stream on the pac-12 networks website i'll have a link in the description so you can check that out today i just want to kind of rip through my you know the game rip through a little bit about each team my outlook for a final score and all that stuff so let's go So a lot of the talking heads are really high on Vermont, and I'm a little bit more skeptical. You lose a a player like Ian McKay, 59 points last year. They do bring back a lot of guys, but Ian McKay was a hell of a player. He is now a pro lacrosse player. The guy's getting paid to play. Even if it's not a whole lot, he's still getting paid to play. So you lose a guy like that. I'm just not sure they have a, another player on the roster that can that can replace that production. You got to assume that a player like him drew a lot of heads last year which opened up offensive opportunities for a lot of other players. They do boast four guys coming back with 30 points or more and then another guy with 28 points. So that that's pretty good production that's coming back. So they're going to have a lot of upperclassmen that put some of those points up and a couple of them were younger guys. So offensively, they're going to be decent. I'm just not sure they're the team that won 12 games. I think that was what they won 12 games last year. I'm just not sure offensively, they're the same team without Ian McKay on the roster. So a bright spot. They do bring back one of the best goalies in the country, Nick Washita. He had a 60.9% save percentage last year. If I butchered his name, I'm sorry. It's tough to go. I, I have a couple of games that I hadn't looked at the footage yet to to get that pronunciation correct completely. So Nick, I'm sorry if I butchered that, but Hey, he's a hell of a goalie and he is returning. The only problem is they also lost three to five starters on defense. They lost both of their LSMs. I believe they lost a close defender. They lost a D D midfielder, short stick D midfielder. So they lost their best player, Ian McKay on the offensive side of the ball. They bring an incredible goalie back, but they also lose a, a a bunch of starters and contributors on the defensive side of the ball. So that that's enough to make me question: How are these guys going to end up? Are they? How are these guys? How, why are people sure, or why do people feel really good that these guys are going to finish in the top twenty and and get back to that eleven or twelve win plateau? It, it, there's enough question marks that make me say, eh. So Vermont, in the end, they return talent on offense. We got a bunch of guys coming back that can score the rock. I'm just not sure they're as good as they were last year uh, without having Ian McKay back. On defense, they return a hell of a goalie. They return a wealth of talent that all played last year and contributed heavily to last year's team. So that's excellent also. But once again, you lose a bunch of starters and contributors. Are you the same team on defense that you were last year? Which my, my, my guess is no. And But they could be. Defensively, they could be. So you you combine those two things, and I think that's enough cause for concern. I I don't think they're going to finish below 500. I think they're going to be above 500 team. I put them in the area. I think that they'll end up with 9, 10 wins. I'm just not sure they're going to be that team out of the America East that ends up with 11 and 12 wins because I think that they'll probably drop a couple of non-conference games and then in-conference, who knows how it's going to go in the America East. So cause for concern, but Vermont is still going to be a hell of a team. And if that defense can overachieve, and if someone can fill the shoes of that that McKay left sitting in the middle of the field, empty, untied, then I think that Vermont could potentially be as good as everyone thinks. I'm just not convinced. So Utah, first year program, they've got a boatload of freshmen on the roster, but the guy I am insanely excited about is Jimmy Perkins. He's a transfer out of Robert Morris, had two seasons that he was injured at Robert Morris that he didn't play. So I believe he has two years of eligibility left. If I'm wrong, pop that in the comments so people can see. Uh, he puts up 31 goals and 30 assists last year. So I'm thinking this kid's probably going to be the best player on the field uh Friday. I-, I wouldn't doubt that at all. He's a hell of an attackman. They they do have a lot of freshmen hanging out to compliment him. So, you know, in, in that way, they don't have the-, the same level of talent that Robert Morris did surrounding him last year. But we'll get to that. They do have a ridiculous attackman coming in from Onondaga. But moral of the story, Perkins is a ridiculously good player. So I think having him on the team... Puts Utah in a position where they're a little bit better than your run of the mill first year program because this kid's a top tier talent and he's going to fill it up this year for the Utes. The guy on attack that's going to be of most use to uh, Perkins is going to be James Sexton. He transferred in out of Onondaga, uh, the former plague of my existence. Uh, two-time NJCAA All-American. He led the nation in assists in 2018 with 49 and was third nationally in points with 83. So the kid can light it up and he should have no problems helping Perkins uh, put some points up on attack and keep a lot of the Utes early games respectable. So James Sexton, that's a name to watch because this kid, I say that that Perkins... Maybe the best player on the field, but it's very possible that Sexton's not too far behind and he could potentially end up being Utah's uh, breakout player. Because on an, if you know anything about Onondaga, you know that if you've been a two time All American there, you are a legit ass baller. So, Sexton, remember that name. Watch him this year for Utah. In the end, it's, it's a hard game to call because you're dealing with a first-year program, but you're dealing with a first-year program that has a couple really solid attackmen. They have a couple of goalies that have division one street cred. I believe one of their goalies was a transfer from Rutgers that never got time, and I can't remember where their other one had played, but he actually, their other goalie actually, I believe, started at the D1 level, maybe at St. John's or something to that effect. So they have a couple of guys that can play, and they have a ton of freshmen, and sometimes some of these late recruit freshmen end up, you know, you end, you end up finding a couple of gems in there somewhere. So Utah is going to be a tough call, but I believe you're going to see a seven, eight, nine goal lead come the third quarter, and then you're going to see Utah start to put some points up on maybe some of Vermont's younger guys. So I'm calling a seven goal spread by the end of the game, but I think that Utah is going to be able to keep it semi-respectable, and I think they're going to put up a, a pretty good showing. In the end, either way, I am crazy excited at the prospect of having another Division One program start up here, especially at a school like Utah. We need more teams out West. So this is nothing but good for lacrosse, no matter how they do this season. Vermont, again... I'm, you know, I love watching America East ball. I usually get a chance to see Vermont every couple of years. I'll end up watching a Vermont game over at Binghamton University. I'm in Binghamton in case anybody wondered here. I'm actually in Vestal right down the road from Binghamton University. So it's going to be a hell of a game. I am stupid excited that lacrosse is back. And I hope you guys all watch it with me. Six o'clock Friday. Link to the stream is in the description. And best of luck to everybody. We're out.